The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of Be More, Achieve More and CC1 Consulting. I'm delighted to be back with you again for yet another week. And today I'm with my guest, Simon Hazeldean. We're going to talk about NeuroCell, um, how neuroscience can power your sales success. So before I do that, as ever, I'd like to share with you a little bit about uh, about the last week and uh, some things that have kind of stood out for me uh, before I then get on and introduce Simon. I'd firstly like to say a big thank you to Lucy Whittington, who was talking last week about finding your thing. Some really great ideas there about you know, how to become, in her words, a business celebrity. And I know people have been talking about, for example, the fame name. So if you're interested in elevating your business to another level, do check out the recording. This week for me has been a, another full steam ahead week, and I thought I'd just share with you a little bit about the week and, and then share wh- why I'm explaining it. I'm not sharing it to boast about what I've been doing, um, but you know, there's a key point to, around sharing this. And The first thing was on Monday, I hosted a workshop with my Achiever program group, and we were developing a strategy about sharing your content and talking about um, uh, influence, uh, all based actually around the work of Brendan Bouchard's excellent book, The Millionaire Messenger. If you haven't read that one, put it on your list. Uh, then on Tuesday, I was working with a client who got a major consulting project about the development of a 90-acre site, believe it or not, um, potentially a very big, interesting construction project. And then I hosted a professional speaking association event in Birmingham. Had former guests there, uh, Jane Gunn, who talked about the magic of conflict. And Jane had us in pairs answering a fabulous collaborative question, which is, if you really knew me, you would know that. Now, have a think about that question. You know, what do you really know about your colleagues? And if you did know um, more information about them. Could that really change how you see them? You know, do you even know the names of their kids? So, very thought-provoking question. That we also had top New York cellist and speaker Stephanie Winters, who played as the Bach Cello Concerto and talked about the magic of listening. And I'm sure my guest today will also agree with me that it was an absolute privilege to listen to Stephanie. So, I'm going to try and get her on the show sometime next year. Wednesday, I ran an online workshop about how to develop online radio for Leeds Metropolitan University. Thursday, I was on a speaker panel with um, assessing and reviewing eight speakers on how they could improve their speeches. My message, though, from all of that is, you know, a few years ago when I first started this business, I remember feeling like I had so much to give but not enough people to give it to. But the principles and the things that you learn through shows like this now mean that my business is absolutely flying. Um, 
So I've just been telling this to my new friend Franklin, who I've just been speaking to on Skype about that, you know, about how things can really change if you put this information um, into practice. And that's the key thing. You've got to put it into practice. And I know and I thank a lot of people who have been writing to me lately saying they've just been doing that. So I'm really excited today for anyone interested in sort of how you influence people to introduce you to my guest. Now, neuroscience is the field of, of science that deals with the structure and the function of the nervous system and brain and has seen many of its major discoveries in the last few years, thanks to powerful neuroimaging technology. Through this, neuroscientists are increasingly able to understand how our brain functions and how it influences our behavior. And as a result, companies are increasingly looking at neuroscience for commercial advantage to understand how to interest people in their products and services and how to influence them to buy. My guest today, Simon Hazeldean, works internationally as a professional speaker and a performance consultant in the areas of sales, negotiation, performance leadership, and applied neuroscience. He's the best-selling author of five books, Neurocell, Science Can Power Your Sales Success, Bare Selling, Bare Knuckle Negotiating, Bare Knuckle Customer Service, The Inner Warrior. Simon's books have been endorsed by business leaders, including legendary multi-millionaire entrepreneur Duncan Bannantyne from BBC Television's Dragons and multi-business billionaire businessman Michael Dell. Simon has a master's degree in psychology, a fellow of the Institute of Sales and Marketing Management, Client list includes a host of Fortune 500 and FTSE 100 companies, a highly experienced and in-demand international speaker who's spoken in over 30 countries across six continents. So it gives me great pleasure to say Simon Hazeldean. Chris, thank you for having me on the show. Lovely to be here. You're very welcome, sir. Good to, good to speak to you. And we're almost neighbours, actually, which is unusual for this show. I'm normally speaking to people in the world. Yeah, yeah, we're not too far away. Not not quite down the road, but not much not much further. <laughs> um, start by maybe maybe explaining, Simon, in your book, you kind of refer to the harsh reality today that faces sales professionals. professionals. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, I guess selling, um, uh, you know, if you talk to anyone who's in the field of selling, um, is it can be a tough profession. And, and by the way, I, you know, there'll probably be people listening in who won't necessarily think of themselves as salespeople per se. Um, but, you know, pretty much anybody involved in business and indeed in life in general is, is involved in, you know, persuading and influencing people to, to some extent. Um, but, but selling itself as a profession can be, can be pretty challenging. Obviously, we've, we've had the recent economic uh, downturn and then the challenging, challenging situations that that has brought. And what sometimes happens is, is is when businesses sort of um, are more careful, Chris, when they contract what they're doing in hard times, uh, they don't always release the purse strings back to where they were when when the economic sun comes out a little bit more. So, you know, salespeople are finding finding they're going a bit tougher. And then, you know, uh, temporary sort of economic conditions, I mean, temporary lasting several years in this case, but uh, there's an ongoing process of sort of creative destruction that it's been referred to as, you know, it's kind of an essential factor of capitalism that things get more and more competitive you know something is brought along a product or service that's going to going to kind of outdo you and uh, generally people are telling us you know our clients are saying that they're finding their margin being being eroded so it's getting tougher and more competitive out there so so therefore you know salespeople need need something else in their tool bag great so you you believe 
uh, the that something is neuroscience and, and so <clears throat> well, tell us about it and however. yeah sure i mean the brain the human brain is 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 as far as we're aware is the most sort of complex system in in our known universe and basically the brain controls everything we do it controls all of our behavior and and thinking and decision making that, that that we do but most importantly from a sales perspective it's also affecting our customers you know everything our customers do every decision they make to purchase or not to purchase originates originates in the brain and luckily in the last say five to ten years we've discovered more about their brain than at any time in human history because we've now got equipment that can look inside the brain and see what it's see what it's doing um so so therefore my my view is very very firmly that the future of sales is around understanding what goes on inside the brain of customers when we're selling to them mm. and, and do, you, do you think i'm sorry this, we know we're not to actually discuss this question but it seems very yeah, sure. relevant i mean uh, how ethical do you think it is really to Ah, great, great, great question. Um, the process of persuasion and the process of manipulation, um, for want of a better word, the, the process can actually be quite similar in certain, in certain cases. What for me defines it as persuasion versus manipulation is the intent of the person. Um, so if you want to build a long-term, profitable, successful relationship with your customers and indeed build a successful long-term business, then you need to do that in a customer-centric, ethical manner. You might potentially be able to get some short-term wins by you know, conning or bamboozling or, or taking advantage of somebody, but you will be found out. It's therefore, you know, it, it's not a, not a great strategy because... Because particularly in today's connected social media world, your reputation will precede you. And, uh, you know, the whole, the whole concept in, in my neuro cell brain friendly selling process is around making the whole process more comfortable for everybody involved. And it is about helping people to make good decisions. That's the purpose of the, of the process so that when they have decided to, to buy what you have to offer, they're happy, they're happy with it. But the ethics, I think, is, is, an, important, is an important consideration. Uh, and I guess it, it comes down to... You know, the your intention when you go into any situation isn't it? And if if it is about providing a better service and and, and helping your customer uh, then that's great, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you, you and I are both professional speakers, and one of the things that I'll do if, if I'm contacted by somebody who potentially wants to book me is ask them some questions about what it is they want to do and why they want me to speak and what's the topic. Because I do genuinely want to make sure I am the right speaker for them. If, if I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do the best job for them. And if I'm not the right person, then I can usually recommend somebody somebody who is going to be the right person for them. I only, I only want satisfaction customers at the end of the day not not unhappy customers mm. definitely do you, so what do you think um therefore then are the things that we really need to know about the brain to to help us get to yes and also do it in a customer-centric way <laughs> yeah of course well the, obviously the brain's the brain's incredibly complicated and uh, you know neuroscientists are discovering new things about it every day but you know we don't need to know all of that technical stuff. I mean, fundamentally, some of the key principles for people to think about are the, the brain 
hasn't changed enormously in in structure or format over the last hundred thousand years. So it actually. Uh, there are certainly there are parts of it that are that are still primitive, and there are three main parts of the brain for people to consider when we're thinking about persuading people. Firstly, is is the most primitive part of the brain that's called the reptilian system or the reptilian complex. Um, that is the instinctive, primitive survival and procreation part of the brain. So it's it's basically interested in uh, avoiding danger, um, finding food, and finding suitable candidates for for reproductive purposes and uh, it, it's still very very active in our brain has a, has a lot of has a lot of power um, then we have the sort of the limbic system or the emotional center of the brain uh, also called the mammalian brain um, mammalian refers to the fact that that's that's the brain structure that, that mammals will have reptilian refers to the fact that that's the entire brain structure of primitive creatures like like snakes and lizards so the limbic system the the emotional center of the brain and then the final part which is the cortex if, if people people have seen a picture of a brain taken from above you'll see the two hemispheres the left and right it's that's the cortex that you would be you would be looking at that's that's what i refer to as the rational brain now, the the really scary statistic, and this is an absolute fact from, from neuroscience, is that 95% of all human thinking, cognition, and decision-making occurs in the unconscious part of the brain, so in that limbic and reptilian. So only 5% of our decision-making and that of our customers occurs at a rational at a rational level. So if we're not able to influence that missing 95%, as I refer to it, that might be the reason that our sales messages sometimes fall on deaf ears. Mm. <clears throat> but is that 95%, you know, what's sitting in there is your, your, your habits, your past experience, the decisions that you've made. So it kind of works on autopilot. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Autopilot's a perfect, perfect way to think about it. it it's below conscious awareness. It, it massively influences... Um, decisions that people make but we're not particularly aware of it that'll be where maybe some of those hunches come from or the customer just thinks something's just not right about this person i think i think i'm going to walk away from this sale mm. and then and then the final the final thing that people are critical to to to, for people to kind of realize when they're persuading is that hardwired into the human brain is is the desire to stay away from danger and to move towards reward. So what I call stay away and towards reward. Um, those are fundamental operating principles of the human brain. So all the time at that 95% is making sure there's no danger or pain or discomfort and moving away from that and moving towards things that are pleasurable or comfortable or safe. So those are two very, very powerful hardwired unconscious forces that, that that's sitting inside our customer's brain and do you, th do you think that's that's a consequence of you know for many years in our evolution we we're fairly primitive beings and it was all about safety and protection of family and shelter it was about the here and now as a part uh, to yeah I, I, absolutely and um, and because of the the first task is to keep yourself alive the stay away instinct is is the first one that kicks in and it is absolutely um, to do with the fact that we have a we have a primitive brain living in a modern world to a certain extent. I know we're human beings are now obviously incredibly sophisticated, but a lot of the brain is perfectly suited to keeping us alive in harsh 
inhospitable primitive times and we still have that brain functioning functioning today mm. and sometimes it's very very important isn't it Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, it'll uh, it'll uh, it'll kick in. Uh, I mean, I used to I used to do some work as a nightclub doorman, so I can, I can promise <laughs> you that that part of the brain has, uh, has has occasionally kicked in for me very usefully. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, you are a tall, sturdy chap, aren't you? Can imagine <laughs> doing that. I wouldn't argue with you at the door at the uh, the door of a nightclub. <laughs> so, how, how did you very briefly? How did you get so fascinated in this? I mean, I've been a sales guy pretty much, pretty much all my life. I did some psychology as part of a course at university, uh, and then sort of ended up in selling because I couldn't find anything better to do. Really, I think <laughs> so, some people say you end up in sales when you can't find a proper job. Um, and I, I think just just being a salesperson, I and maybe the psychology that I'd studied started my fascination with just just what makes people tick. So I was always just interested in knowing what was going on inside people's minds initially with psychology and then subsequently sort of moved into looking at neuroscience um, as well so and i've been i've been trained to use a variety of psychometric instruments and and, um, and things like that over the years and uh, i went uh, attended a training um for an instrument called prism prism brain mapping which is featured uh, featured in my book and on the neurocell website um and that was actually what gave me the idea to do the book in the first place so i was uh, being trained by a very very clever guy dr colin wallace got a phd in neuroscience and uh, at the end of day one i was driving home got stuck on the m1 and um there was a two-hour uh, delay they shut the motorway for two hours and i literally just sat there with my notepad writing for two hours uh, <laughs> and then went back went back the next day and said i'm thinking of writing a book on this you know could you would you help to which thankfully the answer was yes so that that was kind of where it started excellent it's, it's, it's a brilliant thing to for anybody i think to start to understand because all of this information it can only help you in your business and selling it can help you in your personal life and the dealings with people can't it absolutely can lessen lessen conflict between people you know lessen stress help with clarity of communication helps leaders be more impactful you know all, all of those all of those good things are outside of just the the selling application that we're talking about today Brilliant. Well, we're going to, after the break, we have a break now. We're going to talk about the steps for establishing psychological comfort with when selling. So we should be back with you again in just two minutes. Do come back because there is some great information that you're going to hear. I'm absolutely confident of that. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment, and that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. 
Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com. I'm with Simon Hazeldean. We're talking about neuroselling and how neuroscience can really help your sales success. So, Simon, do you want to share with us just briefly, the steps for establishing psychological comfort when selling. Yeah, let me do that. And uh, I think it, I'd like to stress that that people who are uncomfortable with you will not buy from you. Um, they certainly need to buy you first before they can kind of buy your products and services. And the greater the degree of comfort they have, the more receptive their brain is to, to what you want to say to them and your, your sales message. Um, so when, um, when the brain meets somebody, a stranger for the first time, when there may be a new client or prospective client meets somebody, the primitive parts of the brain, the reptilian and limbic system that I mentioned a little bit earlier, go into a minor form of threat response. So the, the guard is up, if you like. Um, and that's what prism brain mapping um, colorfully referred to as the gremlin brain in its entirety. You'll remember the film Gremlins when mm-hmm. there's, the, there's the soft, cuddly gremlin and then there's the nasty kind of reptilian gremlin you definitely don't want to arouse the gremlin brain uh, because you and your message will get rejected so i'll talk about three stages firstly is connecting with the customer and making them feel comfortable then doing what i call chameleon which is kind of as a chameleon changes its color to suit its background you slightly adapt your style and approach depending on the customer's personality profile um, and then you maximize their sense of control when the brain understands what is going to happen when it has a, a sense of control it, it feels more comfortable and, and starts to relax so those are the three kind of stages that i i recommend people to go through Excellent. And when you're when you're going into a you know into a we talked about connecting there, yeah, which sounds like you're actually in the meeting. But before the meeting, are there things that you can you know plan and prepare for that will help you when you get into that face to face 
or on the phone situation yeah there's a whole there's a whole ton of stuff and and i i'm um i've got to be a little bit careful i might occupy uh, my soapbox here about the importance of planning and preparation in selling and, and negotiation um what used to be a really great question for salespeople to ask was mr or mrs customer you know please tell me about your company uh, these days with the profusion of information on the internet on websites etc that's the last question you should be asking you should know about their company um and, and their business obviously if you're selling business to consumer that's that's more challenging to do but certainly in a business to business situation you should do your research it doesn't take very long to have a look at their website um, gather some information google them and then you can reference that you say well i noticed on your website you talked about such and such that's very respectful to the customer and i think also will show that show that you're professional um, and the other thing now I always do is I'll look at the person's LinkedIn profile if they're on LinkedIn. So you can find a whole lot of information about them. LinkedIn is where you get to say what you want people to see about you. So it's a good indicator of, of the person's personality preference as well um, and how they, how they describe themselves. And also as well, you just need to be prepared, have all the information necessary around your products and services and have some clear goals for the, for the meeting. And I have a, a meeting planning form. If people go to uh, neuro-cell.com, um, on there, if you sign up and register, you'll be able to download my meeting planning form. It's a step-by-step -step planning document that'll set you up for maximum sales success. Great idea. I think when you do that sort of search, it's you know I've had situations myself where I've sort of realised, oh, you know, they like the same football team as me, or they play the well, guitar, I'm or they, they they travel. It gives it gives you indications, doesn't it, of things that you can do to. To, to make the situation more comfortable. I mean, I, I did. You know, sometimes, sometimes you have have an amazing strike. And uh, went went to see a client a month ago. Had a look at his LinkedIn profile. Went to the same university I did at approximately the same time. And we had something like fifteen shared connections in a particular industry. So for the first fifteen to twenty, thirty minutes, we were talking about that and really getting to know each other and establishing a good, a good rapport and a good connection. But, but whatever, you know, even if you don't have those matches, it's really great to know about the other person. Mm. So how do you then best connect? So the, 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 the first thing to do is remembering that they're, they're probably feeling slightly uncomfortable or the primitive part of their brain is feeling a little bit uncomfortable. You need to use sort of... Um, uh, friendly, welcoming body language, so a non-threatening body language. Um, turn your torso very much towards them. Body language research shows that when we feel comfortable with somebody, we point our chest towards them. Um, and it's, you know, as obvious as it sounds, smiling um, makes you very appealing. Amazing how many salespeople don't, don't do that. You can also do things like a very quick flash of your eyebrows. It's a it's an unconscious body language greeting that's fairly universal. It sort of sends that message of friendliness. And keep your voice calm and gentle. Just firm handshake, not a bone-crushing handshake. And don't invade their personal body space, what's called proxemics, the, the amount of personal space people need. So it, it sounds really simple. It is really simple. But I often see salespeople forgetting, forgetting to do this. You're making their brain feel comfortable in your presence. Excellent. Well, I just hope nobody switched off when you said uh, um, do a quick flash. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would probably get you arrested. Get the, wrong, uh, get the wrong message. They need to stay on for of the eyebrows. It's a flash of the eyebrows, I hasten to add. Yeah, I think uh, they'd certainly remember you, which would be very, very memorable, but maybe for the wrong reasons, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so how about being a chameleon? Well, a chameleon um, changes its colour to match to match its to match its background. Um, there will be many people listening who'll be familiar with the concept of of matching and mirroring a body language. What's called postural echoing or isopraxis. What's what's been discovered is that when people feel comfortable in each other's presence, they um, match start to match and mirror each other's body language, so on and so forth. It's now believed to be a property of a particular neuron in the brain called mirror neurons, which are the the neurons we use to be able to sort of read people's emotions and intent and so you you subtly and respectfully become become like them and also using using the prism brain mapping uh, personality profiling instrument there are four broad personality profiles um, which are to do with um, genetics and um, brain function so you'll have some customers who really want to get straight down to business and no nonsense kind of people you'll have other people who are more calm collected and relationship orientated you'll have more outgoing expressive dynamic customers and then you have more controlled contained careful kind of customers so four broad personality profiles to do with brain chemistry dopamine sensitivity testosterone estrogen and serotonin levels and sensitivity in the brain and you can read this behavior and then start to subtly adapt your behavior don't don't want people to pretend to be something they're not but they just flow a little bit more towards the customer's preferred behavioral style it's a bit like building a bridge isn't it you yeah move along move along the bridge towards them yeah, it's you know the, the 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 testosterone kind of personality wants to get straight down to business and get on with stuff. So you know it's just a matter of you don't sit and talk about what they did at the weekend because they they just want to get straight down to business. So you just get straight down to business. That's not being artificial. That's actually being very respectful and you're helping to establish that kind of chameleon um, uh, ability and connect with those people. What what I find with that sort of personality type is quite often. You know, they want to get straight down to business. You get down to business, but then once the business is out of the way, they're really happy to chat. Yes, to chat. yeah, yeah. That I, I've seen. I've seen that too. It's it's um, they're they're very high focus on results and getting things achieved, and so that comes first. And then, so the fastest way to build rapport is to get something achieved with them and for them. And then you're quite right. Then they'll kind of go, okay, now it's time to talk. Mm. It's just you just don't want to get them the wrong way around because uh, you'll annoy them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find there's a difference between male and female? I mean, sometimes I find certainly those uh, uh, the females who are very business-orientated, um, sometimes I find with them that, that you meet, maybe it's that same style again, um, you, they want to get down to business straight away and then they, they chat. Um, there are there are some um, there are some differences between the male and female brain, um, but uh, the personality profiling is sort of uh, you know it's nothing nothing gender specific about it. Um, but no, I mean the, the I would I would focus on the personality of the person rather than their rather than their gender. Um, but but women women will often use language to sort of share how they're feeling and to connect 
uh, a little bit more than a little bit more than men will do. That's probably the reason the women are so fantastic in sales positions. They have this sort of, I think, I think personally, almost superior ability to get that connection with people. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you give the client a greater degree of control? I think that was your third. Yeah, it was. Um, well, in any sales interaction, I suppose there's always a sense of tension. One is they they know you're there to sell something or they, they've asked you to come in to talk to them. So there's a kind of a degree of tension. You know, when is this guy going to start to sell me? When is he going to ask me for money? So what I always do is I outline the process that I'm going to follow. So I let them know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. So I'll sometimes say something like, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Client, um, I'm a bit different to some of the other consultants or salespeople you, you, you may see who just want to talk about how great they are. Um, what I'd like to do is sort of ask you a series of questions to really kind of understand your business. And then I say something quite specific. I say, if, if I think I can help you, then I'd like to make a proposal. It doesn't say that I can. It's saying I want to find out first if I can help you, which I think goes back to our ethics comment a little bit earlier, Chris. Um, and say things to them like, well, you're, you're the person who's going to decide if we're right for you or not. And I'll sometimes specifically use the phrase or not because that, that reduces the, the pressure as well. Um, so I literally say what is what is going to happen and let them know that they fundamentally have control over the process, which they do. At the end of the day, they always will have the final say because they're the people with the money. I guess that gives them, feels that they've got options to get out of the conversation if they yeah. want to. So they've got the, they've got the freedom there, which is, which, is, which is helpful, isn't it? And the other the other thing I'm doing as a, as a little bit as, as an aside there is I'm also qualifying whether or not they are a suitable customer Absolutely. for me to carry carry on with. I mean, I, I have to say one of the weakest areas of all the sales organisations we we consult with is qualifying out of business that they're not probably not going to win. You know, I had a conversation with a client. We have a consultancy framework, and we were taking their sales process through this framework. And I said, what's your sort of pitch to win ratio when you present how often? And he said, oh, we about 45%. I said, that's, that's pretty good. I said, you want it to be 100? And he said, yeah, of course. I said, don't pitch for the ones you're not going to win. Mm. Now, it was, it was, it's a tongue-in-cheek comment. But it is, if you're, not, if you're not qualified it properly and, you know, you're not going to be able to help them and they're not the sort of people you, you ideally want to be working with, you're probably not going to have a great relationship or indeed win the business in the first place. No, it takes a lot of, yeah, it, it can take a lot of time up and resource up, can't it, chasing work that uh, you're not going to win. Yeah, well, cost, cost of sales, you know, in some businesses, you know, IT, some, some, yeah, some of the big IT, you know, that's, that's huge, huge cost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think also, also I think um, what you're describing is some, sometimes, it, I think it's important to, to be keen to have someone's business. However, I think it's also helpful i think for them to not think you're desperate for it oh yeah a, a desperate a desperate salesperson has a has a has a has an energetic quality that is not pleasant <laughs> <laughs> and i think customers can pick it up so uh, you know get the dollar signs out of your eyes and uh, and focus on focus on them for a change i think i think that's very true i used to go when I was working for Mars, I was a sales trainer for a couple of years. Yeah. I used to go out with a lot of salespeople as well as run courses. And one thing I remember 
in going out with salespeople, and I've done it since actually, is they'll sometimes say, well, you know, from this one I want to, I want to get £10,000 £10, out of this one. And you're thinking, well, you haven't even been in. This is the first time you're going in. You're setting yourself a target, and you don't know what the customer wants. It's, <laughs> it's, it's about them. It, great to have an objective for your sales visit. 100% recommend it. You just need to, need to know that it's achievable, and most importantly, it's going to be something that's useful to the customer. So. Absolutely. Um, so that's great. So you, so you, give, um, you connect with your client uh, and uh, find ways to connect. You're flexible yeah. around your, the sort of personality and style. I think it's so important. Uh, you give, make sure you give them a degree of control. I remember yeah. when you look through your book, and, and one of the things you also suggested was about that you need to really put things into context. And there was something called catalyze. We've got three minutes left. Can you explain yeah. what you meant by yeah. that? Sure. Well, context is about really understanding the customer's individual situation. I mean, you and I are both consultants. You know, we work across a variety of businesses. What you never want to do is make any assumptions that one business is the same same as the other. So really understanding where they are now through the questioning process, really understanding the pain and the problems they're experiencing. Where, where are they now? Where do they want to get to? What's stopping them? What's getting in the way? And, and three sources of problems or pain in a business are, you know, financial pain, emotional pain, which is personal, and then strategic pain, you know, the inability to get from where you are now to where you, to where you want to be. So you need to really deeply understand the client's business using a structured questioning process and then understand what they want to do, where they want to get to and the problems and challenges they've got and how much those are costing them. And then the catalyst is, is really you. How you catalyze is you show how you can help them get from where they are now to where they want to be. So through your products or service or offering. And then make them aware of the benefits, the towards reward gain that they'll get from doing it. And they uh, stay away from pain or problems if they if they don't. You know, Mr. Customer, if you don't solve this problem, what are the financial implications going to be over the next two to three years for you, for example? And or if you did get this problem solved, what would be the financial benefits and upside? So that's under really deeply understand their context and then show how you can help them get from where they are now to where they want to be, which is that move away from stay away pain motivation and the towards reward motivation. Fantastic. Well, we're going to go to another commercial break now, the okay. final one. So we'll be back with everybody again in just about a, a couple of minutes' time. So do stay on because there's more to come. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One to one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? 
Learn how at the American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel or listen on demand to our archived shows. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be? Or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Simon Hazeldean. We're talking about neuroselling. Uh, Simon, when you're going through the sort of questioning process, because you know, there is um, quite a bit of questioning involved in sales, um, you, you mentioned in your book about checking, about qualification. I assume that's around questions. Uh, yeah, it, how, it, how do you best check and qualify? Well, once it, the the, uh, the checking and qualified process, what I call what I call CAP, C C A double P is the, the mnemonic is is what you do to make sure you've got the necessary information before you can move forward into your sales presentation. If, as you say, you know, questions vitally important in in selling, you know, uh, it's an old cliche in the world of sales that telling isn't selling. And that's absolutely true. You know, old school selling is talking at the customer about how great your product or service is. You know, the new approach to selling in the modern world has to be around really diagnosing customers' problems and and challenges first. You know, if you went to your doctor because you were feeling unwell and uh, he just looked at you and said, take three of these tablets every day, you'll be fine in a week. You'd probably want a second opinion. You know, doctors don't diagnose without, um, sorry, don't prescribe without diagnosis. And it should be no different for sales professionals either. Um, so what you do need to check you've got through, through CAP, C-C-A-P-P, is cash, criteria, authority, pain and pleasure. So cash really is, have you found out if they've got the budget? How are they going to be paying for this? Far too many salespeople, I think, leave talking about money till right near the end. And there's always, I think, an air of tension in a sale until the money question has been asked. So I, I also like to find out if they've got some budget as part of my qualifying out process. Um, secondly is criteria, understanding what's most important to them. What criteria are they going to use to make, to make the decision? Um, and criteria can be elicited by saying when, you, when you're choosing a supplier, for example, to work with, what's most important to you? That most important is a great criteria question. Then the A stands for authority. Are you talking to the person who signs the check? 
Are you talking to the budget holder? Have they got the authority and the power to say yes? And then the last two Ps are the pain and pleasure. Do you understand what the cost is to them at the moment? And do you understand what the benefit of your products and services would be should they go ahead and use them? I think that's a when, oh, when and only when, Chris, you've done that, are, are you in a position, I think, to actually sell anything to make a proposal to someone? I guess particularly if you're looking, if you were, say, a consultant and you're looking to work on a model that's based on value, perhaps, rather than daily rates. Yes, and that's, absolutely. That's really important, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, there's, 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 different, ways, there's different ways of cutting this. And, uh, you know, you don't always necessarily want to get on a daily rate conversation because procurement people quite like those because they like to negotiate them down. So uh, we, we often project price pieces of work to clients. Hmm. Yes, that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, how how could you say be more friendly in a in a pitch situation? Because those yeah. usual situations. Yeah, so you've got to remember, firstly and foremost, you're selling to both the conscious and unconscious parts parts of the brain. Um, there are there are. I think, I think five things that I would say people can, can incorporate to make their pitches more, more brain-friendly and therefore more effective. Firstly is curiosity. When the brain is curious, it absolutely locks on. You want to know what's going to happen. You'll see this device used in um, television and film, you know, the classic cliffhanger moment which leaves the audience wondering what's about to happen often from one episode one week to to an episode the next week the brain is then incredibly curious so i'll sometimes put things on the flip chart like a mnemonic or i'm going to talk to you about three things i'll talk to them about two things and i'll deliberately leave the third thing unspoken about until near the end of the pitch because part of their brain is crying out to find out what it is then also you have to make it as simple as possible for them to understand if the brain becomes confused if the rational part uh, uh, or the particular rational part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex where our decision making rationally takes place if it becomes overloaded and confused it just doesn't buy things so very cluttered supermarket shelves often result in people not purchasing. Clean, clear, well-laid-out supermarket shelves get higher, higher levels of purchase. So I call it chunking. Chunk it into understandable stages and steps. So here's stage one, here's stage two, here's stage three. Give great clarity. Again, that links to the to the chunking give clear clarity about specifically what it is they're going to get make it very very clear and explicit um sometimes people who are experts in what they're selling sometimes confuse customers with with too much technical detail so really make them clarity and then provide a clear contrast between where they are now without your products and service and where they will be when they have purchased and they've gained the benefits from it so giving it a real clear where you are now, where you want to be. And I use a framework a lot called Strategic Bridges that I got from a very good friend of mine, a guy called Phil Jessen. On the left-hand side of the, of the page or the slide, I have a picture of, of where the customer's business is now, you know, layout where they are. On the right-hand side, 
have the aims where they want to be and then have strategic bridges arrows moving them from one side to the next and show where we can help to move them from where they are now to where they want to be helps to position yourself as a as a strategic advisor and then then the final brain friendly is telling them stories so human beings love stories. We're very fond associations of stories. A huge amount of our interpersonal communication is telling each other stories. So telling stories about how you've helped other clients is a really brain-friendly way of selling. It also incorporates Robert Cialdini's principles of social proof. So, you know, I, I help clients to craft stories that they can then use to sell their services to other clients. A lot, of, a lot of great content and ideas in there. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, let's, let's just, um, as we've been talking about um, this sort of process, uh, let's just uh, move on to what is often in, in that the sort of final bit of the face-to-face conversation. Or it might be a follow-up conversation, which is closing a deal. How yeah. can best do that in a brain-friendly way? Well, it, this is this is the um, this has always been the holy grail for salespeople, and the, you know the bookshelves are littered with a hundred and one closing techniques books. Um, that's a bit old school for me. Firstly, I close sales the way I get into the bath. Um, what I don't what I don't do is you know uh, although I tend to have more showers than baths, but let me stick with the let me stick with the analogy. Um, you fill you fill the bathtub with water. What you don't do is take a running jump and dive straight in. Um, what I tend to do is dip my toe in the water first, test the temperature, then maybe I put my whole foot in, and you slide yourself in gently. That's how that's how I think closing should be. I use a process of testing questions or t- testing closing questions. Um, How's that looking for you? Have I captured that correctly? How do you feel about this? I'm checking all the way through and I'm watching their verbal and nonverbal responses. Then I might say, move on to say trial closing questions. You know, does this look like something that you would be interested in proceeding with or could we maybe move forward with this before you go to the final close, which is usually, so shall we go ahead then or would you like to try it or when could we get started? So I... The old the old selling adage ABC always be closing. I think is a bit outdated, but there's a certain truth to it because you should be checking all the way in through the sales process. It's not some sort of huge crescendo you need to arrive to at the end and come out with some very clever technique. You just test all the way through and then just ask. It is absolutely, honestly, as simple as just asking. But you've maximised their sense of comfort all the way through. Yeah, they should come through in the conversation. It can be very natural, yeah. can't it? And, and sometimes you don't even need to close in that terms of they, they'll come back and say, well, let's do this, this and this, and it seems quite reasonable. So Yeah, absolutely. You know, some, you know, if you do your job really well, they'll probably almost close themselves. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's, no, that's the, the, not a problem. It's a good point, that actually, isn't it? Because it, cause actually, if there are lots of barriers at the end, perhaps you haven't, done, you haven't been through the process well. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of what used to be called, or still is, objection handling. Um, and I can remember my first sales training many, many years ago, watching a sort of a training video of a salesperson dressed up as a judo guy wrestling his customer to the ground. You know, getting him to submit. Um, I fundamentally think if they're firing lots of objections or what I prefer to call them concerns at you, you haven't done a good enough job in the context and catalyze stage. Mm. What do you think about uh, the 
these people who um, and these these companies are maybe selling kitchens and things like that who've got a, and w- windows as often a common one who've yeah. got these sales processes which are just so convoluted and uh, for me so inauthentic and they, they kind of lock you in a process you can tell you're in it you're stuck in it you're desperate to get out of it but they almost beat you to submission um, yeah they're still around i mean but they still are that's that's what i find surprising. yeah i think that's a bit sad for me that they still are i don't think they will be because i think the world is changing and uh, you know the the customer is now even even business to consumer the customer is more sophisticated certainly business to business they they definitely are but you got to remember consumers are more sussed than ever ever before and more cynical i mean when I do my bare knuckle negotiating sort of keynote speech, I talk about, you know, when I was really ruthless with a double glazing salesman because he attempted to use manipulative tactics. Yes. And it's, a, you know, a very, ent- very entertaining story that, that people always ask me to tell. Um, but I was pretty horrible to him because he behaved in a, in a you know, manipulative underhand way. Um, and exactly the same time, because we, we moved into our new house, we were buying a kitchen. And the kitchen guy was just so professional and consultative and gentle and built good levels of rapport and comfort and and built the kitchen concept with us. And then basically just said, and it'll cost this much. And the negotiator in me was screaming out to negotiate. (laughs) But he'd done such a good selling job that it was it was the right thing for us to purchase we and we're very very happy with the company and interestingly six people friends and family have done business with that company as a direct result of our referral and we're not given any kickback or payment for the referral we purely do it because we know they do a great job when we recommend them and that for me is professional selling it helps you understand their values doesn't it I, I, yeah. I don't, I'll go as far as being um, saying to anybody here who works for a company like that, then maybe you could do better by finding someone else to work. Yeah, I, I, I in in um, in my uh, in my first book, Bare Knuckle Selling, I, I talk about the mirror test. Look at yourself in the mirror. And if you feel really comfortable with what you're selling and how you're selling it, you'll be successful. If there's the slightest discomfort it will leak out of you. And, and if, you, if you've got those well-developed skills, there'll always be a demand for great salespeople. So I, I'd endorse that, Chris. Yeah, great. That's, uh, we're professional on this show, and it's about... <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't like... I, don't like I, I do occasionally see them, um, I, but I only do it about once every couple of years, just, and I'll ask one in and just see if it's... Just, probably just to see what the, the tactics are and the approach, but it's always a painful process, and I usually end up kicking them out. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's, it's, not, it's not a pleasant evening, is it? It's not, no. It's not. <laughs> um, I've only got about another sort of minute and a half, so I'm going to ask, yeah. ask you, Simon, if maybe you could just share your final messages. I mean, what would you like to leave us with? I'd say that the, the brain is the secret to sales success. It is what it is what the customer is using to make their decisions. So we really, as sales professionals in the new in the new era, the new reality of selling, we really, really need to understand what is going on inside the customer's brain. This, for me, I think is is the future of sales. And remembering that ninety five percent of all decisions are made at that unconscious level. If we miss that 95%, what I call the missing 95%, we get rejected, we miss the 
sale, our proposal proposal gets rejected. And it's a really ethical process of making the customer comfortable, finding out what it is they need and is going to be most beneficial. And if you can help them making that brain-friendly presentation and then just in a comfortable way asking them for the business. And that, for me, is, is what selling should be about. Simon Hazeldean, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. Um, for more information on Simon Hazeldean, um, you can subscribe to his Selling and Negotiating Power Tips newsletter. It's at simonhazeldean.com. Uh, for more information on Eurocell, his book, and to subscribe to the Eurocell letter, you can go to www.neuro-cell.com. Uh, once again, thanks very much to Simon Hazeldean. And uh, on next week's show, we've got uh, a lady called Nikki Roscoe. We're going to talk about fabulous impact. And uh, Nikki's got quite a story. Um, I think you'll get lots of insight and wisdom and energy, certainly from Nikki next week, if you're really looking to make a greater impact uh, in the uh, business world. So uh, once again, thanks very much. And I look forward to speaking to you again next week. for listening to be more achieve more please join your host chris cooper again next friday at 8 a.m u.s pacific time typically 4 p.m london on the voice america business channel enjoy your week thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.